0: Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this week talking about the book Million Dollar Consulting Proposals by Alan Weiss. Keep listening to find out how to win work every time. Welcome back. It is episode 150. I feel like I should should have done something for this, but I think because we're coming up towards the end of the year and I've got some fun plans for the December episodes with some recaps and a few other special things that I've been recording this week, which is quite exciting, with some special friends. So yeah, so the 150 is kind of come and gone, which I feel is completely against what I stand for when it comes to celebrating small wins. So the fact you are here and listening to this episode is a gift and celebration enough. So the fact we're here, we're having our own little party with a book all about proposals, which is a little bit more of a, I suppose, a specific technical book compared to some of the books I've been talking about recently, which have been slightly more all-encompassing or holistic kind of books on, a, on particular topics. So it's nice to get into something that is super specific about what it is teaching you and what you can do with it as well in terms of its practicality. It is by Alan Weiss, who you may, may or may not be aware of. I only know of Alan because my good friend Leanne Hughes from the First Time Facilitator podcast, she is a big fan of Alan and so she kind of introduced me to him really. She's done a few actual bits of coaching work with him, has joined some of his programs and things. So always learning more about Alan from, from Leanne and have had the pleasure of listening to him on her podcast a couple of times and then some live sessions that she's done with Alan as well. So, if you haven't heard of Alan, I will be telling you more about him very shortly. He's, I suppose he has some some ideas which are quite strong on some things that you may or may not agree with and may or may not bristle at. So, we'll I'll share a little bit more about those as we go through this episode as well. There is actually only a couple more book episodes coming up this year. I've got another book to cover next week. And then we go into some special episodes through December. And then I'm taking a nice long break over the summer here in the Southern Hemisphere. And I've already started filling my Kindle pre-order basket for books that are coming out in the next couple of months or early in 2022, including Daniel Pink's new book, which I'm very excited about because I'm a huge fan of When, which was the last book. I believe that was the last book of his, certainly the last one I read of his, which I loved and also my other one of my other favourites Michael Bungay Stania has another book coming out in January which I've just pre-ordered that comes out mid-Jan which I'm also really looking forward to, t- to telling you about and, and obviously of reading. have also got my summer reading planned as well and my new cabana my beach cabana arrived just the other day so I'm looking forward to sitting under that on the beach this summer and yeah getting into some books and reading some fiction as well and reading some different stuff. Anyway, let's get into this week's book. I've nattered on enough in the beginning of this episode, so let's get into finding out a little bit more about Alan and about the book Million Dollar Consulting Proposals. Alan Weiss is one of those rare people who can say he is a consultant, speaker and author and mean it. Already, you're getting a sense of his, his vibe. His consulting firm Summit Consulting Group Inc. has attracted clients such as Merck, Hewlett-Packard, GE, Mercedes-Benz, State Street Corporation... Times Mirror Group, the Federal Reserve, the New York Times Corporation, Toyota and over 500 other leading organisations. He has served on the board of directors at the Trinity Reparatory Group, a Tony Award winning New England Regional Theatre Festival Ballet and chaired the Newport International Film Festival. His speaking typically includes 20 keynotes a year at major conferences, and he has been a visiting faculty member at numerous different universities and schools of business. He once also held the record for selling out the highest price workshop on entrepreneurialism in the then 21-year history of New York City's Learning Annex. His PhD is in psychology. He has served on the board of governors of Harvard University Center for Mental Health and the Media. And all of that is taken from AlanWeiss.com. I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. A little bit more about this particular book, the newest thoughts and examples on the best practices and language for successful professional services proposals. This is the contemporary version of the seminal book, How to Write a Proposal that Accepted Every Time, originally written in 1998 and updated in 2002. Adopt the global practices Alan has generated for conceptual agreement options, escalating fees, avoiding the legal department, eliminating cancellations, and much more. He includes information about RFPs or requests for proposals and retainers too. Increase your income by six figures a year without doing anything different, except how you formulate your proposals. There we go. Big claims from Alan there, which I am not surprised about. So let's get into the three big ideas from the book Million Dollar Consulting Proposals by Alan Weiss. Big idea number one is proposals with purpose. That's quite hard to say. A couple of takes. A proposal isn't doing the selling for you. And this is the fundamental idea of the book. The proposal isn't doing anything that you haven't already done. That selling or the sale should really already have been made from the meetings you've had and the relationship you have have built with the economic buyer, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a moment. It's a summary of what has come before and what has been agreed. There's a quote in the book that says, a proposal is a summation, not an explanation. It is a summary of the conceptual agreement you've reached with your economic buyer and not a negotiating document or an attempt to make a sale. I think this is something we maybe all fall into the trap of at some point is we're giving out proposals, but without having actually ever sold anything, seeing it as the start of the process rather than really the end of the process. He says that the things a proposal should do include summarising the agreement, detailing the objectives, the metrics of success and the value of those objectives being met, giving options for levels of value and detailing the fees and the terms and conditions. What a proposal document shouldn't do is be a document for gatekeepers to use on your behalf. It shouldn't be vague. It shouldn't be establishing credibility. That should already have been done. It shouldn't include anything that hasn't already been agreed to. It shouldn't be used to build a relationship with the buyer. Again, that should already have been done. And it definitely shouldn't be a comparison point for competitors. You shouldn't be having us or in a situation where one proposal is being looked at compared to another. There's a few challenging ideas in there, as you may already have noticed. And he says that most people send proposals too early and too often. He talks about a company that he worked for with a consulting piece of work where their success metric was how many proposals they, proposals they had sent in a week. And he got them to completely scrap that idea because it was such a scattergun approach. And by doing that and taking that particular measure of success in number of proposals sent out, that they weren't their, their win rate wasn't great. And they were putting a lot of time and effort into these proposals, which weren't really serving much of a purpose. So that's big idea number one, proposals with purpose. Big idea number two is know your buyer. And this isn't just from an avatar perspective in coming up with a stick figure and writing the things that are around them, around what their fears are and what they're interested in and do they play tennis or whatever. This is about really building or having a relationship with the economic buyer, the person who can sign off the purchase order, who can pay the invoice, who can approve the particular finances involved in working with you. And at several points, Alan makes some sick burns at HR people. He even calls them, I can't remember if this is in this book or I've heard him say this, but he often refers to HR as hardly relevant. Now, I'll let you have a moment to to be annoyed by that and how you should basically never deal with them. Now, of course, again, there's nuance with that as well, but that's his position on this. You need to identify your economic buyer, the person with the purse strings and build a relationship directly with them, which does make sense. This might take several meetings or interactions, not through a proposal document. You know it's going well, he says, when they share undisclosed or non-public information with you and most importantly, ask your opinion. A proposal in the wrong hands, he says, is worse than no proposal at all. So we need to be working directly with our economic buyer, which means better you're able to better articulate value because you know exactly what it is that's important to them, what their objectives are, what outcomes would be valuable to them. And not just therefore provide a list of activities or features of your particular product or service, or worse, actually just stating how many hours it will take and the materials or you know, the, the time and materials cost of doing it. He says when, when gatekeepers are involved or low-level people, as he often refers to them, they keep you from your buyer. If that is happening to you, and we've, we've all been there, if low-level people are keeping you from your buyer, it's time to, he says, blow a hole in the walls and find your own way in, which I do actually quite like. He says it works about 10% of the time. It's a bit of a risky approach, but it's better than 0%, which you're going to get if this gatekeeper or these gatekeepers keep you from the economic buyer you can let the gatekeeper know what you're doing and he provides a couple of different approaches to doing that and offer to them whether you should or shouldn't mention their conversations that you've already had. So look, this is maybe one of the slightly more touchy areas in terms of some of the language and things that he uses to refer to certain types of people in organisations and is a little bit broad brush on anyone in these types of departments doesn't actually know anything about the business or know what the strategic operative objectives are and, and therefore what's important. Obviously things aren't necessarily as clean cut as that, but that said, I think the overall message or the overall lesson around really knowing who your economic buyer is, being able to hear in the words directly from them around what's important, that is very useful advice. So that's big idea number two, know your buyer. Big idea number three, the nine key components. So Alan, very helpfully in the in the book, provides several templates and structures to use an example, wording, etc., to use. In your proposals. Now, again, some of the wording you will like, some of it you really won't. Some of it you will find you'll find yourself having a bit of an allergic reaction to. That's where you can make it your own rather than necessarily, not necessarily that it's wrong. It's probably just not your style. So the nine key components, he says, of a proposal is number one, the situational appraisal. This is the context of the the problem in one or two paragraphs. So keep it short. He says, this is not the company history. And I've certainly seen that in other people's proposals where it'll state the the company and who they are and what they did and when they started. And you think, well, I I don't need to know that. I know that. I work for the company or whatever it happens to be. So keep your situational appraisal to the particular problem at hand rather than anything about the company per se. The second key component is the objectives or the business outcomes the company is looking to get or the person is looking to get. Number three is the metrics, so the measures of success or the progress, so how you measure that. Number four is the value, the impact of meeting the objectives on the business or the team or the organization, whatever the the context is. Number five is your methodology and your options, so that's how you're going to get those objectives and reach that value for your your, team or the organization. Number six is the timing, so your estimates, key dates, timeline, etc. Number seven is your joint accountabilities. I really like this element of adding this into the proposal around for this to work, this is what I will do. This is what you will do. So that joint accountability for success. Number eight is the terms and conditions. So your, your regular legal blurb. And number nine is the acceptance. So how they can provide acceptance of the proposal, which might be by paying a deposit. It might be by re- replying with uh, some kind of confirmation, whatever it needs to be for you. So that's the nine key components. So situational appraisal, the context. Two, the objectives. Three, the metrics. Four, the value five, the methodology and the options, six, timing, seven, joint accountabilities, eight, terms and conditions, and nine, acceptance. He says that all of these means easier and clearer conversations every single time and therefore, hopefully, a better win rate as well. But only if the work has been done up front and you're not using your proposals at the start of the process, they're really summarising at the end. So that's us idea number three, the nine key components of a million-dollar consulting proposal. So there we go. Three big ideas from the book Million Dollar Consulting Proposals by Alan Weiss. Big idea number one, proposals with purpose. Big idea number two, know your buyer. And big idea number three, the nine key components. If you've read this book, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know if you have implemented any of these ideas. I certainly took some little nuggets into them, into the proposals that I send out for my clients doing consulting and design work. If you disagreed wildly with everything in the book or everything in these big ideas, I'd also love to hear from you. Always good to hear some different opinions. You can get in touch with me on LinkedIn or on Instagram. Contact details, as usual, are at the bottom of the show notes. You can click over there and let's connect and talk books. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.